Hello and welcome to the Trapital Podcast. Our guest today is Moody Jones, who is the head of digital at Empire. I'm excited to have this conversation for a few reasons. First, those of you that have been following Empire knows that digital has been a big piece of their game. So I'm excited to hear what Moody has to say about that. And second, Empire has one of the more unique business models in the music industry. So let's get right into it. Moody, welcome to the podcast. Thanks uh, thanks for having me, Dan. I'm excited to be here as well. Uh, We're all fans of you over at Empire. No, I appreciate it. But before we get started, I do have to pick one bone with you. (laughs) Yeah. So... You were at Outside Lands a couple of weeks ago. Correct. I saw you were taking pictures of Anderson Pac. I don't know if you saw my IG stories, but you also saw that I was at Outside Lands. <laughs> Why you couldn't hit me up? Give me some. Come on, man. Um, I mean, um, I wasn't f- sure that we were going to be hanging out. Uh, but I mean, I honestly didn't know you were out there either. So next time, definitely hit us up. Um, a- Anderson is... Uh, is a big fan of Empire. Um, Nima is the one who actually had brought him in, and so they're homies. Um, Nima just happens to be one of my best friends, so I got lucky too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, well, that's on me. I mean, the San Francisco music scene isn't that big, so right. we should have assumed that we were both going to be there. There's a few reasons I wanted to have you on today. You have some interesting insights on what it's like to market what I'll call challenging artists. I think it's very easy to take the artists that are currently on the rise and oftentimes someone that is leading their marketing strategy can just make sure that things are going afloat. But you've taken on some artists that I would consider projects. You helped market Tyga and what he did last year putting out Taste. And of course, Tyga had a horrible run through with Cash Money Records. You've also helped market Iggy Azalea, who have had her own ups and downs. And you've also worked with Tentacion as well. I'd love to get your perspective on how you go about approaching these types of artists, knowing that there's still a ton of talent there and there's still a big opportunity, but it isn't going to be as easy as someone that is clearly fresh in the game and rising through the ranks. I mean, it's a very good question to start off the show. I mean, let's let's try and talk about every project you talked about. I think the way the team and I look at things when it comes to these what you call projects is each one of these did have a challenge. They weren't the easiest rollouts. They weren't, you know, they weren't your Taylor Swift's where it's not really a challenge for you to promote anything that she puts out. All it takes is a tweet from her end. She's loved by everyone and she's respected by everyone. For example, when it came down to Tyga, when it came down to X and when it came down to Iggy, what we did is we looked at each one of those where was their strongest form of passion between them um, and the industry? For example, Tyga, his song slaps. Tyga is a hit maker. Tyga's been around for longer than everybody, and he's had hits after hits after hits. What he's known for is the bangers. When we heard Taste, yeah, this is, this is it. This is a hit. From our end, it was like, all right, the, the, what we should be focusing on is the music and that's it and like who are the fans of Tyga it was like you know mostly people that go out to clubs mostly dancers at clubs and so we got those we approached dancers we approached fans we're like hey like this is a banger what do you think and they were the ones who were pushing it everyone was pushing it harder than we even needed to because he's like the song bangs the second thing is America loves the underdog story he went through um, an album that was more on the emotion side and then he's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. It's out of my system. Let's go back to what I do best. And that song that slaps. For Iggy, we identified that like, 
like you said, like she, she has her ups and downs, but what's crazy is how involved she is with her fans. She, she replies to her comments. She likes people's p- photos. She literally is so engaged. She takes people's opinions. She retweets. She, she replies back. She doesn't give a fuck. She loves her fans and she'll do whatever. Am I allowed to swear on this? Of course. Okay. I'm just <laughs> um, so she loves her fans so much. And so with her rollout, we did, we worked with Superphone um, to like give her a phone number so that fans can text her. And like a lot of artists do that, but we knew no one was going to do it like her. She literally would reply to everybody. She would send random photos to her fans. She would, like, she was so involved to the point where we were like, like, we were shocked. Like, she was, rep- like, she would, I don't know how she can do what she does on a daily basis, plus add replying to thousands of fans by text. She's so involved, even when it came down to her merch. Iggy's the type of person who, like, will send her a prototype and she'll send us back a video, say, I don't like the stitching here. I don't like the glitter here. I don't like the literally everything. She will make fun of the quality. She'll show us what kind of shirts she wants to be using. She's so hands-on because she's so connected to her fans. She knows exactly what they're expecting. And so we're delivering a product that is exactly based on their expectations. So she's she's actually, you know, she's she knows exactly what she wants to do. And that's, that's a good thing for, for an artist to have. With X, we focused on definitely it's one of the most challenging projects, not just because whatever the history is with his persona, but it's also having someone who's passed away for me that was like crazy because I've never had to work on a project where we were so close to, but also like it's we're speaking on behalf of someone who's no longer with us. Plus, I was a, I was a fan, so it was a lot of mixed emotions. We just focused on like the love that the fans have regardless of all the bullshit that's out there. We we did like all these digital activations on Snapchat, on Instagram, that were all fan-first products. So one of them was, well, to, to, to bring this to life, we first did like 12 murals around the world and we got just artists. We didn't like just hire anyone. We went out and found people that were actually huge X fans and hired them to do the murals. And we weren't like very hands-on. It's like, you're a fan, like you're passionate. What do you want to see on there? For all the people that aren't around to see the murals, we had the Snapchat lens where you can go into a portal and then you can go from city to city across the world and see the murals for yourself. And then while you're in this, you can also upload your own fan art. So we got people from all over the world to just upload photos, videos, collages, whatever they thought of to express their love for X. Things like that where like when it's a situation like this where you can't just say, hey, check out my album. Hey, like the song is dope or I worked my ass off. You can't say anything. We just instead of having him speak about the project, we let the fans speak about it and we highlighted what they were saying. With every approach, the biggest thing today when it comes to the digital side is like managing expectations. That's kind of the hardest part with everyone being so connected and being able to speak to their fans directly. Like if you're posting videos every day about your project, I'm hella excited. I'm hella juiced. My expectations are high. You got to deliver. That's why you have a lot of artists that don't use Instagram. They don't want to be part of that process. Like put out something that you have no expectations of. So you can look at it in an open mind. You don't know what you're about to listen to. Most of the time, it's those artists that always want to redo themselves with every project. Like those are the guys that try and stay away. So yeah, in terms of expectations, do you feel that it's more so the fans' expectations that you want to temper or it's the artists themselves? When you're on the marketing side, you got to evaluate both ends. I'll give you an example. It's like we have a Snoop project that just came out. So working on a Snoop project, he's the kind of person where he has... 
fans from the old heads, the young people that look right? up to him. Right. He's he's literally the face of like four generations. Like this man went from froze to cornrows to everything from crypt to like being on a TV host to being whatever to being a family man to making weed accepted by families everywhere. To be you up know? there with Martha Stewart. Absolutely. <laughs> right. It was hard to work on a project like that because everyone has a different expectation of what the project is going to look like, you know, and what is it going to sound like. But so let's actually talk about that, because at least with the other three artists, Tyga, Iggy and X, millennials, a bit of crossover to Gen Z. But Snoop is Snoop is up there, definitely closer to 50 than he is 40. Different strategies that you need to do or be cognizant of to also attract that older fan base like what does the 40 something look for in an instagram post so someone like snoop he knows who his audience is like if you look at his instagram he posts whatever's on his mind (laughs) yes he does he doesn't you know he doesn't like try and like he does the bare minimum he doesn't care i think this is cool i'm gonna post it last week he reposted you know someone in the office posted a picture of him and snoop Snoop just posted it. Right. You know what I mean? And like now that guy in our office is a superstar. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you know, he's like, yeah, this is a cool picture. I'm going to post it. And his fan base, like, well, that's what they expect. Yeah, like that Snoop, when you see him on TV, you expect him to be the same person in real life. That's your expectation. Go to his Instagram. I'm expecting him to be exactly like the same person. Where I find a lot of artists struggle is, is, is in that part. Like those are the challenges I'll face is I'll see an artist where their Instagram looks nothing like how they are in their videos and looks nothing like their live performances looks nothing like their merch. Like everything, it's like everything is a different team working on, but which team is the closest to you? I can't tell. Right. Those are the hardest projects to work on. Cause I'm like, all right. So if I try and like promote you on Instagram, they're expecting a very specific visual palette. If I try and promote you on Facebook, actually the people there are very different from your people there. So I got to make it a lot like more PG or having a consistent theme or a consistent personality across all is the makes Mm -hmm. the marketing job ways. It's both the sync that you need to do with the management team, but it's also the sync that that artist needs to do with all of the tools that they're using. Exactly. How has TikTok played in recently? Because I'm trying to think maybe the last time that you and I connected. Right. TikTok hadn't quite blown up yet. We're fans of both TikTok and Triller. They're both very good platforms. I think TikTok is trying to get away so much from being like a lip sync. Um, and Triller is more trying to stay on that, like the music side of things. But it's been crazy because Instagram used to be our biggest signal that something would move on the DSP side. If you see a, 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 you know, a video on Instagram that got a million views and it was posted on a page with the right audience spotify or apple music or amazon or whatever you would see bump into streams and then you'd be like all right sick but now it's it's tiktok and chiller that are causing that or wait and, and it's moving at a faster rate than instagram was my favorite thing that i've been enjoying lately about tiktok and chiller is bringing back catalog records which was the issue i had with dsps all the time because like once a record is no longer recent it's no longer of importance most of the time because it's like lost its moment but now tiktok and chiller are bringing back like actually that moment may not have gone too soon or maybe it came out at the wrong time but now it makes sense so what's an example of that so right now we have a record by an artist called haiti baby the song came out 
It wasn't even one of his last two recent records. Over the last couple, you know few weeks, we would look and we'd see a bump in the streams, bump in the streams. We're like, what's going on? What's going on? And then we noticed on Chiller and TikTok, it was it was getting crazy views, like thousands and thousands and thousands of views. And now I think it's doing over a um, hundred thousand streams a day, and it's all from TikTok and Triller. But so the song is called "Change Your Life." It's like an encouraging song. It's, so when you're making videos on Triller and TikTok and you're like doing something new, it fits directly in the content you're creating, right? Right. right? But when it came out, it may have not made sense for the DSPs, right. or they didn't think it was a hit. But TikTok and Triller, their hits are songs that match a certain moment. Right, right. And so it's about fitting what someone actually wants to do on those apps, which is whether it's a viral challenge or right. something like that to follow. Right. So, which I love. I love, and like now it's like a project me and uh, the team are looking into is like, I wonder what songs in our catalog were good, just like had the right title or had like a, a line in it that connects with someone now. Right. You know what I'm saying? It could be like a line about a football player, but now that football player did something. So let's bring back that track. Mm -hmm. And then people are going to post content about it. And then it makes sense. Right. And then people go listen to it on DSPs. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like all of a sudden breaking into that cycle. Right. Things start to turn. And I will say that makes a bit more sense than what I think I've seen often with viral challenges right. i think artists try to manufacture them yeah and it often doesn't work and it's the big artists like right. we saw a chance do this right. even beyonce did the before i let go challenge and right. that really didn't take off from your perspective how forward are you with proactively trying to have your artist do viral challenges or stuff like that as opposed to letting it come and seeing what happens i think when the issue is like look all this stuff we're doing right now no one's done before like, no one knows what it's like to be in a time where music and chiller and TikTok are around. No one really knows what to do. So when, when these platforms came out, they were just living, like, they didn't know how to, like, monetize them and make them more engaging, except by doing challenges. Mm -hmm. And then people translated challenges from Instagram to TikTok and chiller, right? Because they didn't know what else to do. But then the more and more users started to use it, and they're like, actually, I just want to use the music to create my own video content. I don't really care who the artist really is, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. And then they're like, holy shit, like this is the whole thing. Now, the only drawback I see from all of this is songs getting even shorter. If TikTok and Chiller continue this way, like technically you don't, no one really needs a song over 30 seconds. Like all you need is like, if you can describe exactly what I'm doing in 30 seconds, I'm going to use you for all my songs. And the DSP's limit's 30 seconds anyway. Yeah, so, so I'm like, perfect. So you're playing my whole <laughs> song. I'm, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's... It's all again like no one's lived through this time, right? So like you know, DSPs might have to reconsider what they like how long they monetize a record for, like things like that might change. Mm. The other thing is like like the whole moment thing, like that's why on Instagram, like even your Giphy's update, you know, your trending Giphy's, they update daily based on certain moments that people are using. That's exactly what Triller and TikTok are. It's like mm -hmm. those trending songs; those are like the mo like the stickers on Instagram, like the most frequent thing people are using today. You know, if your song is called, you know, Woke Up on a Monday, everybody on that Monday is going to use that song on a chiller TikTok song. You know what I'm saying? It's a moment. Right. We've been very proactive in it. Like there's certain per people on the team that analyze and monitor, monitor these no numbers every day on Chiller and TikTok. I'd be like, hey, like this is weird. Not necessarily on TikTok. They start with our back end and they see like, hey, there's something off with this cycle or the trajectory of this record is, you know, the pattern doesn't make sense. And then they'll go review all the channels, be like, oh, we've identified where it is. Now let's figure something out. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot of reverse engineering to figure out how to reclaim what's there. 
I mean, with stuff like like I'm bringing up the back catalog example, like some like that. It's like most labels aren't really the marketing is always focused on the new tracks that they never go back to the old tracks. A lot of times the resources aren't being used there, but. Our company is very hands-on that like even if it's an old record people are still paying attention to. Still someone who literally worked on that record even though it was like five years ago, chances are that person is still in this office. So they pay attention. Do you think we'll start to see that shift as well? Looking at what Drake recently did with Care Package, like artists going into the back catalog themselves trying to remonetize what's there. The problem with that is it's most of the time it's the legality of putting out or re-promoting, you know, there's plenty of albums in our catalog I'd love to work on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're amazing, but, you know, that artist now is tied to a different management company who's tied to a different publishing company. Who, You know what I'm saying? Trying to put this out is not as simple. Drake, on the other hand, is a genius because, like, not only that Care Package came out with just his back catalog, he, like, was doing OVO Fest plan for it in advance he knew the whole everybody was going to be in toronto that weekend he's like perfect since everybody's going to be in toronto and everyone's going to be an ovio fest i'm going to put out an old something from my catalog that i know everyone's going to listen to and i know it's going to go up the charts every channel was covered like that's a good strategy he knew exactly what he was doing when he announced those dates um you look at how He's done so far gone, how he did that. And I mean, it kind of fit with the theme of that OVO Fest too, because he had all the B2K guys for that Millennium Tour. It's like, all right, well, let's keep bringing it back to 05 and 09. We we had a couple, we had, uh, I think, Mario and Lloyd, uh, who were both Empire artists on that roster too. And I, I don't know if he ended up doing a bundle with the tickets. I don't know what the legality is with that. But I mean, he's, he's, I love what he, he's always on point. Yeah. No, I I feel like people, as always, look to him to see what is the pulse, where are things going. At that level, you have a bit more autonomy to be able to execute some legit strategy. Right. Whereas I feel like most artists are still trying to hope that something pops. Right. But when you're in a position where you know whatever you can do will pop, but you actually can optimize it, that's where some real magic can happen. I mean, I, I I love everything that Jake does. But it's it's a different challenge than working with artists that are still up and coming or still developing or still don't have that ability to influence DSP streams with a single tweet or a single photo or a single story. It's it's a very different challenge. I, I remember I forgot what conference I was at like a few months ago and someone was talking about how promoting like Ariana Grande's album or something and they were like, Oh, we were able to do this um Oh, because it had the most streams in like 24 hours or something. And we're like, we were able to do this because Instagram gave us the countdown feature. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> you got an Instagram feature before everybody did? And like, like what, is, what is everyone supposed to do with this? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, and it's like that's what's you get it, but that's what's unfair, right? Once you're as big as she is or Drake, like, yeah, the 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 rules don't play the the same way, right? But um, exactly, like it's not that the rules don't play the same way. It's just it's not the same challenge, especially on the marketing side. It's super hard to make something stick on the wall with with a very different budget, with a very different clout, with a very different reach you got to be way more nimble you got to be i can't i can't be wasting thousands of dollars on something i'm not sure if it's going to work for my artist i can't do that so like everything has to be well well thought out and the the results have to be 
So like we got to make tactical decisions. Well, how much risk taking do you or are you able to take on, right? Because I know you have to be smart with your budget, but you also want to test stuff out as things come. Empire gives me a little bit of budget to test out some of my ideas, both on the the digital side, the influencer side, honestly, anything. Like, because it's what is like one, two, like a few tests a month when you have like so many projects and, and so many releases coming out. Like, even if that money doesn't work, like everyone tried something new. And that's something we all like literally with every project, the marketing team is like, cool. But what are we going to do different on this one? Like every single project is like, cool. But what are we doing different on this one? We try and never have two projects that are the same. It's hard because, you know, that process is like 80 percent the same from from project to project. But that last 20 is like what could change the whole project. And in a lot of ways, it's tough because you're essentially trying to do some level of A-B testing. You're right. trying to see what works and what doesn't. But right. this is an art and no two scenarios are right. ever going to be exactly the same. Right. I think a big factor on top of everything, no matter how good your strategy, your creatives, your your, your targeting, whatever it is, <laughs> on top of all of that, you also got to be lucky and the music has to be good. And sometimes it, you could have one of these things. And it could be the best marketing program and you can have all four and just be missing one and it won't work. And a lot of the projects, like, I think, first of all, like the music was there, whether it was Tiger's project, X's project or Iggy's project, like those were all good projects. Like I'm, I'm proud to have worked on those. I think one of the interesting things on that note with Empire in general, and maybe this has helped your job, is that, at least from my perspective, there roughly are two buckets of artist, right? There are those that are rising in their careers. They have not done a big label contract. Maybe they will in the future. Maybe they won't. This is you all working with Kendrick with Section 80. Or you have those that went through the whole run with the majors and they're done with that. Mm -hmm. They now want to be about that independent life. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that having those two rough types of artists gives you at least a little bit more focus in terms of what you know can be done. I don't know if it's exactly two buckets. The thing is, having a relationship with the artist with the team is one of the most important things. And like a lot of the successes that I've seen is like from an artist coming in, sitting down, knowing who's going to work on a project, knowing who's involved, who's making what decisions, not just because, hey, I'm, I'm in the city, I might as well, but you want everybody in that company to know at the end of the day what the project is, even if I'm not working on it, even if I'm accounting. But I know who you are and I've seen you come in and I know you're a good person. So like it, that just changes the whole soul of a company that's working against a project. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of projects that we may have worked on that we weren't so hands-on, but again, it could have been one of those five things that just worked out for us. On that note, how do you look at and how do you evaluate the competition? Honestly, we always get asked, like, who's our competition? Um, I don't think we're really trying to... I'm, I don't think we're competing with anyone. Um, I don't think we look look a lot at what other people do or how they're doing it. We just look at our artists and see what they need and how they can get it. Um, if anything, we're always saying, oh, like the, if that's what people are doing, let's do something more or something better or something faster or, or be there before them. Even if it doesn't make sense, let's just be there before them. I don't know. It's just competition wise. I don't I don't see that any anything. I don't think anyone's ever brought up another label name. And, like I never hear other labels. I understand your position in terms of not necessarily looking at having a competing 
at least on paper business model or someone that you all look at as, oh, we have to catch so-and-so. Right. But on the other hand, you, you could look at an artist like Enoli Chapa, yeah. did his United Masters, did with that, and then now just did the JV with Warner. And right. that is someone that very much could have followed Empire's track. When we're trying to sign an artist or trying to bring someone on board, it's more like, are we a good fit for them and can we get them to where they're going to go? And that has to be mutual on both ends. If someone picks, I don't know, I, don't, I, th- I feel like it sounds like I'm being political, but really it's like we've never been like hung up that someone went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's like, honestly, like we have so many great artists and like we have great relationships with all of them. Like we barely have anyone leave. Like I don't know any artist that's like, you know, had to leave or anything like that. But And even if they do, like the relationship is still there and they still want to do features and they still want to. And like when you talk to them, they're not like, oh, yeah. You know, I was with Empire, but you know, no, no one ever says anything. It's right. Like, yeah, I was at Empire, now I'm here, and that's it. There's no mm-hmm. negativity. Um, and some of that may be also how you're all structured, right? Because you look at traditional labels, it's like, this is our roster. These are our guys, right. or are, these are our people. Right. But for you all, like, things happen to be a bit more, like, itemized and transactional. Be like, well, we helped with this song. We helped right. with this album. Right. And that isn't necessarily the approach that everyone else no. takes. So... And, and that's a lot to do with the personality of the people in the company. Like we, we always give credit, even internally, we always give credit to everybody who, who works on a certain thing, you know, whether, you know, like one, one of the youngest people in our company has had so much hand in a lot of the, the stuff we've been working on and legit, he's one of the youngest people. We give him credit almost every day. Like there's no ego in the office. And in the same way, like when we talk about projects, it's the same thing. I, you know, I didn't really work on your, you know, we, we didn't blow this artist up. We just had him at a certain point. But like, for example, when it comes to like the Kendricks or, the, or, or, or Anderson, it was like, no, like we were there from the beginning. If, and when people are like, Anderson Pack is with you guys, we say no. But we put out his first projects and he's a very good friend of the label. Like his plaque is on the wall in the office for that project. There's like zero bullshit. Like we try and be... Like our office is all glass. Everybody's open. There's no meeting you can't walk into. People don't understand what independent means. And like I always feel that's the issue. We operate in our own little bubble. Because we don't have investors, because it's just Ghazi leading, we do whatever we want. We'll both sign acts that just because we think they're dope. Like it doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. anyone thinks about them. We think they're dope. There's no shareholders to be like, no, you can't. Oh, they have a criminal record. No, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, no, none of that shit matters. If we believe in something, we work on it. And then... And that's how someone like X, he was close with someone else, then there could have been a lot of those same challenges you're talking about. There could have been people to be like, no, we don't want anything to do with them. I I, I mean, I I think that's what happened. I think um, at some point there was something he was interested in doing. And when these things happen, they're partners to be were stop answering his phone calls and we were like all good let's get into some quick fire questions one artist that you would love the opportunity to work with that you haven't had the opportunity to yet probably childish gambino how come he would let me take the most risks like just do and like have the furthest reach like we can do stuff like on a partnership side like i can literally throw any idea at him and he probably would be like yeah, let's give it a try. I'm like very obsessed with like improvements. And like he's someone that I saw like what his life show was like, six years ago and then four years ago and then three weeks ago. And then I'm like, damn. 
mm. that improvement, if that's just on the tour side, like I wonder what else you could do. Like he would be someone cool. And then like on the younger side, there's uh, this artist named Amalu. I really wanted to work with her. Jack Harlow. He's on Atlantic. I would love to work with him. But I'm the type that like, I would just hit him up. Be like, yo, you're dope. Um, I just think what you're missing is this little thing. Even if we don't work together, this is what I think you should do. Because I just, I want to see you win. I want to see you on my new Music Friday. I want to help. I think the cool thing with Gambino too is he's done so much on the partnership side to extend his music. Right. And I know so much of your work is mostly focused on the... Um, social media, digital, and DSP aspect, but with an artist with where he is, that could be some cool opportunities too. Right. Even looking at like his thing with Guava Island, right. I'll be honest, I didn't think that was the best movie, right. but it's the thought and the image right. of like what's out there that counts. Right. I mean, it's also like he's also doing Atlanta. It's for me with someone like him, it's being able to integrate everything. Like, I just want to sit back and be like, all right, but in this episode, you should have this line, and that line is going to be in the artwork of your net on your Spotify canvas, you know what, stuff like that. When you consume his music, it's not just consuming his music, it's consuming his entire work of art to be able to understand who is Childish Gambino. You know what I mean? It's not just a song on streaming, it's all of it. Right, it's the entire package. Yeah. So you get hit up in your DMs quite often by artists that either want you to sign them, want you to work with them. I'm sure you probably get a lot of BS that comes through as well. Right. What's one tip that you would have to all of them to be like, okay, before you reach out, just do this one thing for me, please. I, I love this question. Okay, the same way you do research when you're applying for a job, or I hope people are, you do the same thing when you're reaching out to someone about your music. Like, know who your audience is, number one. You know what I'm saying? It's just like sending an email. Who am I talking to? Actually, let me start off by saying a good way to message someone. So, and this doesn't have to be by DM. This could be by email. Sometimes people find your emails. This is how you message someone. Hey, I got your info from wherever, or hopefully a referral. And you say, here's a little bit about me. Here's some info about me. Here's a link to your mu my music. If it's not too much trouble, I'm happy to hear some feedback, something like that. If you just send me a YouTube link, First of all, the link doesn't open in DM, bro. Like, I don't know what you're thinking. Like, I can't click it, especially if I don't follow you. I can't click your link. Like, what are you thinking? And a lot, like, I remember this guy sent me an email. Um, I think, was it for a job? I, f I forgot what it was. No, it was for his music. And he said, hey, caught you at this conference speaking about something. I also saw the last two tweets you did about something in the music industry. I'm a big fan. I also grew up in the same hometown as you. Attached is an unreleased song and a link to a recent video. It's my most popular video, but I think it could be done better. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, whatever. If it, I won't bother you again, but let me know. You know, super polite. I know this guy was following me. I know this guy was reading about me. I know this guy did his research. I, he knows exactly what I want. It wasn't too many links. It was straight to the point. I'm like, amazing. I'm like, I want to be friends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I want to be friends with you. That was right, awesome. Right. Thank you. Um, but yeah, on the DM side, it just makes you look like a fool. If you just send me a link, if you send anybody a link, it's a fool. It's like trying to get a girl. I think me and you have the same style. And I also like the way you look. Me and you can make each other happy. So like, what's going on? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, cool. That sounds like a good offer. Let's, what's going on? So you hear that, everyone? You got to treat these like a cover letter. If you're going to hit up Moody Jones, come correct. Imagine like you're trying to date him. <laughs> <laughs>
Next set of fire questions. So this is going to be a pitch because I think a lot of people would appreciate this. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate, but I think it'll be good in the long run. If I'm someone that's skeptical about checking out Iggy Azalea's music, you know, Fancy came out. I'm not sure if I'm down. I kind of think she might appropriate black culture, but I'm willing to give her a chance if someone can pitch me on why I should check out her latest album. What would you say? Um, I've never seen someone so hands-on with every part of their brand, their 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 brand's extension. Um, and like I, I mean, I mentioned some of this earlier, but literally loves every single one of her fans, regardless of whatever you see out there. I've never, like I went to her show last month and everyone knew her lyrics, every single person to the bartender, to everybody knew her lyrics from A to Z. I'm, I'd be ashamed. I was the only one probably who didn't know all her lyrics by heart. The love is there. The passion's there. And not to mention, like, she sells out her merch in, like, a minute. So the love is definitely there. Are you going to check it out? No, I, I, that, that was compelling. Okay. That, that was compelling. All right, this is a harder one, though. Okay, damn. So, X. Right. I heard a lot about his domestic violence issues. Right. Pretty hard stance on that. Right. And, of course, don't wish ill on anyone, but I can't get past support someone that did some of the things he did. I understand he's young, but he still did those things. Right. Why should I check out his music? I'm the type of person that likes to separate artist from art from the person. Same way when you watch a movie, just because someone's a villain, you don't say, I hate this guy forever. X's music was incredible. He was the only person who had, like you could... He had every genre in one album. He like he was the first person to be like, I don't want to be in a box. I don't want to be classified. I'm going to do whatever I want. Literally half the rappers that are popular now, whether it's their hair, whether it's their tattoos, whether it's their vibe, whether it's their videos, whether it's their fans came from there. You know what I'm saying? Um, the same way, like, you know, like I, I would refuse to watch the Michael Jackson documentary, right? Like I love Michael Jackson, right? I love like you're going to tell me everything he's ever done is terrible now, like after he's dead. I think this topic is something we can go on for forever, but I didn't know X personally, but I know that no one has had been in issues. And I know no one knows what it's like to be this young, have this much power, have this much influence, have that kind of relationship. No one knows what that's like. I'm not saying anything they did is right, but I'm saying like, you, you can look at people in like just one thing and that's who they were. Like not to mention like Elvis was the same thing. Kurt Cobain was the same thing. Every one of these people had an incredibly bad history. We still idolize them. We still call them rock stars. We, we get, we get off when we see them getting fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, and then when they get too fucked up, we're like, why are you too fucked up? But that's what we want. We want the rock stars. We want, the ones breaking the rules. We want the ones that are questioning everything. And then if it's too much or like there's millions of people pushing you to be that way. And sometimes the best music comes when you write, when you know, when you're in, you know, that's why breakups make the best time to write music. That's what it's like. Let's just be thankful that, you know, the music is out there. No. And I think there is some truth to that. The artists who were earlier, like from decades in the past, they did benefit a bit from not having, 
social media, not Absolutely. having all their transgressions in the air. Like, have you ever listened to the D- Disgraceland podcast? No, I don't think so. You should check this out. So it's this podcast where they break down some of the most beloved figures, whether it's John Lennon, Marvin Gaye, right. Bob Marley, and they break down a lot of the disgraceful things that they did, but they do a pretty good job of breaking down exactly what you said, explaining that, yes, there was some good music, but there were some very challenging things that they did in their past. They're not necessarily trying to push these people on the listener, but they're at least calling out what's there. I mean, it's the same with and anyone under pressure, like athletes, they get pressured so much. And then you're like, hey, like, why are you taking drugs? It's like, yo, I'm just trying to do my best. And you're pushing me so much that I'm at the edge. And this is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Then we frown upon them. You're like, why'd you do that you know I, I no longer like i no longer look up to you it's just trying to keep up it's hard it's hard nowadays and like so on the music side like it's a challenge like going back to the marketing it's a challenge because and, and honestly like something like x i don't think like it, it was when we were doing this it wasn't so much about marketing we weren't trying to market it we were just trying to make sure the fans were it was okay to love x that's what it was important like, why are you going to make people ashamed to love an artist now? Like, his music is good. You're, you're t- I can't say out loud that I like his music. So it wasn't about trying to sell a record. It wasn't trying to trying to get streams. We don't give a shit about that. Like, literally did not give a shit about that. We, we did a, a launch party in Miami with Lil Wayne and Kanye and Ski Mat. Everyone was on that lineup. We didn't give a shit. We just did it for the fans. It was like 20 bucks, 15 bucks entrance we didn't care we just wanted everyone to come celebrate x and that's what was important i thought it was good music it was a sad like the the day i like that day in the office damn like you don't know what that energy was like in that office it was insane and i wasn't i would i didn't know x personally the energy was crazy in the office and that was love oh it's definitely tough on a lighter note the last question i have for you though is did tyga fumble the bag by not staying with kylie jenner if I'm just giving my opinion as a Please person. Please do. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. I think. Say more. I don't think so. I think this man is doing better and better every day. Um, and that's I, that's, I think, how everyone should live. As long as if you're with someone and every day you're getting better, by all means, do it. But if you're not, then he's, he's on the right track. No, I would agree with that. He's about it's, to get a ring. That's what he's doing. <laughs> no, congrats to Tiger, man. He's definitely made a number of bangers. It's been great to see what he did with Taste and honestly what I think he'll continue to do. His his, uh, his, his continuation drops. Yeah, this Friday's legendary deluxe version with more songs, more features, um, more bangers from Tiger. Nice. Yeah. B- before we wrap up, anything else you want to plug? I mean, since we're on it, um, X's last project comes out um sometime in the next few months um it's probably the best one yet it's probably the most complete one yet it's probably the the most spread out like even more genres it's incredible um kudos to cleo uh, for taking care of all the a stuff um she's been handling that project we're just really excited we actually listened to the whole album in this building um few weeks ago she was here uh with with us and we sat down and we listened to the album front to back just brainstormed and the only like it wasn't like it was just like how do we make this an event that every fan feels 
so special that they're lucky to hear this album. Thanks again, Moody Jones, for joining the Trapital Podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Likewise, man. All right, and next time there's a music festival, make sure you hit me up. Don't leave me hanging. (laughs) I got you, man. (laughs) Appreciate it. If you've enjoyed this Trapital Podcast, please tell one friend about this podcast. Go ahead and go to trapital.co. Check it out. Stay tuned, and I'll see you all next week.